Yo, what's up? I'm thinking a lot about this whole Lubanya Electra or Biana Electra or what's oh, her name? Yeah. Bianca, Biangia, Bianca Electronica thing. It's pronounced Biangina. It can't possibly be that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the 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 de- the what is it called? The be- world of base or something? Planet, Planet, of, Planet of, base. of the base. Planet of the base. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, was so some people are saying that that okay. Uh, you why don't you give us a two sentence update? on what this even is for people who might not have heard. Some online weirdos made a pretty perfect parody video of sort of 90s Euro techno. Uh, And then the dude involved made a longer release of it and a bigger video with a different lady. Well, yeah. And people got really attached to the woman in the first video. And it seems like she was just so easily replaced. And the product was, uh, you know, a, a lot worse. Yeah. Um, because of that, you know, I think this is a big example of, you know, casting. That's why, you know, that's why you got to pay actors so much money. You know, you get the wrong actor, you get the, uh, you get a total different vibe. Yeah. Well, it, it almost felt like the, the dude whose name I, I, I don't recall the moment, um, like thought that the magic of the thing was his like amazing song and the song is good, but a big part of why it works so well is that this lady, like, is giving it her all in her performance and also her look just like captures the exact vibe of that type of person yeah she's got like early 2000s shakira hair like an um, an uneven tan big glasses like this really goofy smile yeah really big big face like a face a face a face from across the seas not a face that started here in america yeah and it, it just like it's really she has such a perfect performance in the first one. Cause she, and it's really her commitment to it that, that people really got attached to the most. Some of her facial expressions. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the second woman, I, I have to say, I, I get a lot of this, just the swapping of the, of them. And then just the way the second woman looked and sort of the, the sort of deadness in her eyes. I was getting major human trafficking vibes yeah. from the whole thing. So, this is all of a sudden felt a lot like an Andrew Tate scenario, yeah, like a all, Romania situation. We also do have a human trafficking story to get to later, but we do. <laughs> yes. Um, let me, let me check my notes, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, no, it, it did have that vibe. It also just had this vibe of like one thing about Biana electronica or whatever, was that she had this like perfect late nineties electro like Euro techno vibe of like this girl who like hangs out on the beach all day and then goes to clubs all night and then sleeps three hours and then goes back to the beach and like falls asleep and then gets up and then goes to the club and then goes back to the beach. You know what I mean? She has the vibe of a fake girl on a poster from 2003. Yeah, totally. And it's, it was perfect. And I think that it's a good example of this thing that obviously, you know, happens a lot in art and media and whatnot. Um, But it's a real thing, which is sort of this total misunderstanding of why a thing is good or liked. (laughs) When like people make a thing and just totally misunderstand why people reacted to it. 
Sure. And I was also upset that the guy was like, that this wasn't like his main thing, making music, that he's like a jokester, like a TikToker. Like these are like comedy videos to him. And like most of his stuff, I guess, isn't that great. Obviously, they're TikTok, so I'm not going to watch them or sift through a TikToker's library. Are you kidding me? Um, but I heard that, you know, this is really the his one hit wonder. Um, and so that also felt a little off-putting that it wasn't like a clip from a new song or something but just so just kind of poking fun at it and then well it's this thing but, you know some people are saying though that you know if you really are committing to doing a parody of Europop like Europop did this all the time yes that they would replace popular uh artistic choices with bad artistic choices almost immediately there's like um, there's a into meta like level where different it versions yeah. yeah there is um but it's just like but but tiktokers and and doing i that's got to stop and then i hope with all this strike i hope with i hope with the whole industry kind of collapsing that um the tiktokers do not emerge from the rubble yeah i like i don't know i so tim friend friend of the show tim faust Huge friend of the show, sort of. I would say uh, unlikely ally uh, slash confidant. Yeah, legal, he, legal analyst. He sent me. He just sent me like a super detailed Sebulba mask in the mail that I have now. Super, super detailed. Like the like the the guy who dresses up like a dog now. Like not quite that good, but like if there was a guy a who dressed like a fourteen thousand dollars Sebulba mask. Yeah, it looks really good. It is a badly <laughs> yeah. designed mask in that the eye holes are mm-hmm. where his like gills are, so you have to right. wear it in a weird way. Well, really good masks are uncomfortable. Yeah, because there's no possible way that the eye sockets would be right, like yeah. right here. I can I can actually pull it out. It's right here. Let, let's let's have you wear that for the rest uh, i'm not gonna do that but i will pull it out but anyways he sent me and I'll some put on my uh what are the guy what are the announcer man's names greg <laughs> the doublehead Pr- guys greg Pro- greg proust and someone else look at this thing yeah that's i think you hyped it up a little too much look i'll be honest with you look is the fucking I was expecting what? like like a top level one, and this is not a top level one. It's pretty Lux. top level, man. Look at the eye detailing. No, this is something. This is a pricey item at a at a. And this is a medium tier item actually at a Disneyland merch shop. Oh no, this would be this is a, this, I, I disagree. You can't you can't see the level of detailing on the eyes and stuff. This is a high tier symbol. I think you I think you get this at Disneyland. I do think they they definitely bleed you for it. I'm saying that's probably like ninety dollars, but. It's for some reason I was really envisioning. Look, he's even got the weird neck folds. <laughs> well, put it on. Maybe that. Maybe it'll yeah, take okay, life. Yeah. Then this okay. is good for the. This is good for the audio show. Yeah, and then, and then I'll get back to the point I was going to make. The reason I brought it in the first place, but okay. And, and let's hope you don't forget it, for because that would be terrible if you didn't get that. See, see it's terrible. So here's a big problem with it. I don't know if it's because you're wearing it wrong. Are you wearing it wrong? No, it's no. right. No, it's correct. Yeah, see, he's much, Sebulba's much skinnier than this. This has a lot more to do with me than Sebulba, I think. <laughs> I think that's more about the person wearing the mask. Because if you look at the mask, but I'm not wearing it. It's very skinny. Right. Like, like I mean, I, yeah, he, I, now that I think of it, Sebulba was a lean, a lean guy. He's a lean, mean pilot. He's a lizard. He's a lizard. Um, and he was racist against humans. Yeah, and he's got 
he smokes fucking big cigars and he's got hose. He does. He has hose. Did he? Did Sabulba have hose? Yeah. I don't remember the hose. Billiard oh, yeah. scene. I'm pretty sure even in the movie, there's ladies fawning over Sabulba. Sure, maybe in the crowd or something. You know, everyone loves a winner, but you know, he also cheated. Yeah, and, and ladies, watch out. If you ain't cheating, He's, you ain't trying. But um, no, no. My point was Sebulba ain't faithful. Oh, I thought you meant a pot racing. Um, that's true. <laughs> Sebulba does have to clean up his act in that respect a little bit. But anyways, the reason I mentioned Tim in the first place and got sidetracked by the Sebulba mask is that um, he pointed out to me and, and sent me some stuff about like they both the the people in the original video. Like this isn't really the kind of comedy that they make or the kind of stuff they put out usually. Like it's just like one bolt of lightning of like perfect inspiration that like pierced their respective sort of TikTok niches um to make this thing and then which is which is kind of cool like that's like a an interesting phenomenon but then to sort of kind like, of I, I, I mean, like I'm that kind of, I like when people asleep. I like when people like trip over themselves and land on something like really good in that way um but then I it, that that just makes this like twist of the dude just being like this lady's replaceable like all the more infuriating. Um, so you're on you're on team you shouldn't have you're on team don't follow the actual parody you're 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 on team drop the parody. If the if there was more built out around that idea that it was doing this sort of meta parody, I'd maybe buy it. But like that's definitely not what's going on. Like what's going on so is what a do you, So what do you think happened? Because I, I I heard that this this TikToker woman was seen with another TikToker recently, and um. So I wish, what let's we don't know what what maybe she quit. I mean, maybe, but I think that this dude just so like, what's he supposed to do? What's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to not just make the video entirely over again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't bother that she quit. I think that this dude was just like, like you said, he's a comedy TikToker so guy. He was like, this is my, I, we need her take because I need, think you're making a lot of assumptions here. I mean, so are you like the idea that she quit is totally arbitrary. And from nowhere, I'm making zero assumptions. I'm just asking, I'm fleshing out your take here. I my haven't... position is that you can sort of safely assume this is a, a pretty standard TikTok guy thing to do is Let's to see. be a not very successful comedy TikTok guy, have one video blow up and then try to cash in on it as quickly as possible. Damn. Um, um, okay. Let's see. What is her name? Her name is DJ. It's like Biana Electronica, I think. Biana Electronica. Biana Bill, Bill Biana Electronica. Bill Jana. Yeah. Electronica. Okay. Let's see if she's in any statements from her. Um, we got to get a statement from her. Yeah. Let's see if Jezebel, uh, this Jezebel article has. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, life, it never die. Okay. Cool. My favorite guy, etc. Um, he released the exact same song with a different video. It's Friday in America. Even the new Bajana wait on the backlash. Everybody hate me, but what they do not. Okay, this is the new Bajana. So we don't. I haven't heard from old Bajana. Yeah. Even the new Bill Jana weighed in on the backlash. Everybody hate me, but what they do not understand is that in my country, we have very old saying that make like this. These shit words cannot break the bones, and it must be stones and sticks to do so very well. World peace. And that's pretty good for the bit. <laughs> um, okay, so already 
already the second woman is going up a, a lot of stock for me. And, and I yeah, think that, that if good. anyone is, is attacking this second woman for being less than the first, I think, A, that's you're pitting, you're pitting women against each other. I think that's wrong. I think also directorially, the second video didn't really allow new new, new Biljana to, to shine because the second uh, video doesn't allow her to lip sync as much. If you'll notice, almost every single line is lip synced and centered around around Biljana in the first video, but in the second video, oftentimes new Biljana is framed farther away um, or obscured entirely, not allowed to hit every line of the lip sync. So we're not as attached to her as a character. She yeah. feels less present in that fact. So I want everyone to really lay off second Biljana here. Okay, um, I don't blame I don't blame her. I'm I I blame Kyle Gordon, aka DJ Crazy Times. So is Kyle Gordon a guy that he's an, you know, he, that sounds like an American name. He's an American that goes to Europe and he abuses and human traffics. Well, I, I think these were both shot in New York, Griffin. Right. I guess you're right. I am moving to New York in a couple of months and I'm just going to, everyone is going to just talk like that. That's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, the, one of them definitely shot at like the World Trade Center mall. And the there I go, one, forgetting. The first one is. The second one, I think, is also New York, but I can't. I don't recognize the place. Um, I really, I really need to know. Well, like, apparently, the full song comes out on August fifteenth. All right, and maybe that's when we'll make a real decision. Maybe that's when like we'll know enough to make a real call here. I think. I think that will be yeah. Ultimately, where the final say will be had. If anyone has any other statements from the original Biljana, very open to have her on the show. Let her, you know, get her. I'd love to platform her because obviously, you know, she needs a bigger platform like us to maybe get out there more right now. Yeah, no, she needs she needs someone to amplify her voice. And speaking, I will say it's the only new internet story. Sorry to interrupt you, but it's the only internet story that I've liked in a very long time. It's a fun one. I, most of them now are tiresome. They're, they're it's like oh, you know, Lizzo is 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 Lizzo. The Lizzo is thing being, is is also pretty funny, although in a very upsetting way. You're right. The part it is where, the, where she posted <laughs> the clip from the music video where she talks about people trying to sue her and not caring about her NDA um, is like, what is like, I can imagine a lawyer seeing that clip and just like throwing up and passing out and just being well, like, it's like the key and peel sketch where like all of the rap tracks are like, I murdered him on six, one, two, three wharf Avenue. Like, um, or key and peel sketch or uh, Mac Dre and X rated's real lives where they rapped about crimes. They actually right, committed and then went to jail. Yeah, and I think that like I feel like most of it's like if it's in, I feel like it's our it's like this is not this is such trod territory it shouldn't even be illegal to do, I think. Yeah, uh, well, I I think it's like she is just you know following the footsteps of the greats Frank Sinatra etc who all sort of abuse their teams, um, but it just is this thing where like I mean it's it's you know it's like a par to 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 be all theory about it it's like a paradox of care thing right where people like see Lizzo as representing a certain kind of ideal, um, and that ideal is not like super mean to her dancers or whatever. It's not like P Diddy sending them to get him cheesecake. What was there was a there was some great Lizzo shit that was actually did make me laugh. Um, just as I was complaining about talking about it, just uh. Some of the stuff she said, she was, she was just like, 
some of them would walk in and she'd be like, fatties. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's um she's she's definitely she's definitely one hundred percent that bitch. Yeah. Success. It changes you. That's the theme so far. I, she seems to be the same, actually. This seems to be like just she see I don't think she's changed at all. You think she was always a, a meanie? I think she was always uh uncensored. I'm not willing to cast um moral implications. I mean, I think I think from what we know, she was being mean. <laughs> I don't think that's like <laughs> I don't want to cross the line and say she I was. Think, being I don't think mean. that's really stretching it. I, I I I would hate to call her rude at all. Fractionally, <laughs> don't want to say anything I can't take back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'm just trying to watch my I'm I'm trying to watch my words as I as I you know I'm, I'm moving to New York soon. Maybe I run into Lizzo. Maybe we maybe we brush shoulders. Maybe she calls me fat. Yeah. I mean, if you know, dare to dream. Wasn't um, there? Wasn't there a, like a, someone who just called people fat as like a noun, like pal? Probably. Who is that? I don't, who is that character? It's a famous character. I don't know that one. All right, I'll I'll think of it in a second. Commenters, blow 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 up our comments. Uh, what, what? Let's talk about games. Oh, I was going to talk about human trafficking for a second. You want to talk about what? Did you see that the guy, one of the funders for uh, Sound of Freedom, got arrested for kidnapping? Yeah, he took uh, he took a lot of my money. Took a, <laughs> a lot, lot of my money and, and a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what and and you know, but what was the kid doing? Right. I mean, I have a feeling that what's going to come out is that he is convinced that the kid was trafficked and is trying to save the kid from an evil family, whether or not that's true. Right. I, um, it's, not that, it's, not the, it's not that the movie's bad. It's that the movie is too effective. Yeah. Well, or that this guy just like really believes his own bullshit, you know? Well, that's the whole plot of the film. And I actually, I, I got to actually see the film now. Uh, yeah, maybe you'll get into kidnapping. Right. Because, yeah, and exactly. You've, you've been talking about needing a new hobby. So I, it'd be, it'd be really, I, they, I wish they had a jacket for the Sound of Freedom movie like they do in Drive. Yeah. Where it's like it's like a, the scorpion jacket, but for something for like pedophile hunters. Like I don't know, what would that be? Like a like a net, a snapping turtle. Um. <laughs> uh, yes, the classic animal associated with saving kids—a snapping turtle. <laughs> you can't see it, uh, listeners. But Griffin tried to sort of do a snapping turtle bite on the video well, call, and, and it was cool. And it was it was really cool, and it looked great. Um, you know, there was, there was, they did have, they did have merch though. The Sound of Freedom people had like made merch for a second that was like, it said something like pedophile hunter on it or like something like that. But like, but like just the fact that like your shirt says pedophile on it is like not something that you, you don't want to do that e like ever. Yeah. That's a huge mistake. <laughs> that's why you have to turn. That's why you have to turn into an image. It's a big mistake. You don't say pedophile, but you, everyone sees the image and you know that guy's hunting them. Yeah. That's why you need. That's what the, that's where the snapping turtle comes into play. That's what, that's what, that's what the very, that's what the very specific species of turtle comes on. Uh, and you know, I think uh, I did see this guy, you know, I guess he was a financier for the film and yeah, he um, helped buy the right, right back from Disney so it wouldn't get buried. 
which you know that's got to be a chunk of change oh yeah and uh and so wait so disney was originally behind this they were originally the people who are like we got to get this story out we gotta we gotta put we, this is part of the marvel universe i don't think um was this phase five was this was sound of freedom phase five and they're gonna they're, they're gonna bury it, it it was originally gonna be like squirrel girl and mr multiple uh save a bunch of kids but then right these people bought the rights and changed it to uh the the man who played christ Sound of Freedom is basically a Marvel movie without any of the, sp- the special effects scenes. They, they, all the VFX have been cut. Yeah, it's so um, just the standing around in rooms. It's like that Marvel comic, The Cleanup Crew, where the people show up to like clean up after superheroes. It's just like following the lives of people who live in the Marvel universe, but they aren't superheroes. And these are uh, anti-trafficking people. I don't know. But it is very funny to me. This guy got arrested for kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like so soon after, it wasn't like one of those things where like a year goes by and a thing comes out. It was like 20 minutes later. Um, yeah. So I guess, oh, let's, let's talk about something a little bit more gaming related at least, which is, uh, the, you know, escape from New York style scene that happened in Union Square yesterday around the streamer Kai Sinat. Oh yeah. Okay. I barely follow this, but I thought you'd know about it. So I'm excited to hear about it. So for the backstory, Kai Sinat's like one of the biggest like Zoomer streamers. Um, he is like insanely, insanely wealthy and successful. He's only been streaming for about a year or two. Um, and I would describe his streams as aggro and mainly him screaming. At least that's the clips that I see are just him <laughs> screaming at the top of his lungs. Um, but I, I guess when I think of a lot of streamers and like, especially their early career moments, it's generally a lot of screaming. Um, so I don't want to fully hold that against him. It's just not content that I like. Um, but it's it's been sort of this just like massive explosion in popularity. And he hosted an event yesterday in union square new york city and i think he was giving away like what like three ps5s or something and thousands of people swarmed and it turned into like a a massive uh riot where like cars got destroyed and uh they had to like drive away in their car and there was a ton of people hanging on the car and like there's all these like shots from helicopters of the car swerving through manhattan with like people on top of it and it's just like is it absolutely felt fell to shit um and yeah it made me it made me scared to see the people that watch these streams that they're just like this brain dead <laughs> there's like a weird thing where like so okay people like need an outlet of places where they can break the rules and there are like healthy True, versions of right. that that exist in the world like a mud park you ever been to a mud park no but that does sound like the kind of thing i'm talking about or like like <laughs> like like a like metal shows or like a wrestling show or like right. a rowdy yeah sanctioned mm-hmm. rowdy party or whatever that's right that's right but in, yeah exactly instead they just destroy a, a sanctioned rowdy party what kind of thing is that i don't sort of like you know like a bunch it's of people sanctioned do- <laughs> oh don't worry you can destroy this house yeah exactly i've actually been to one of those I've been, it's to rare. Like, I've been to parties like that you go to hey, like one and you're like well that's, they get re- 
anyways. A noise band's playing the bass, but then you all set a couch on fire, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah, we've all been there. That's a normal thing that happens to everyone. But the point, my point is that like there is like increasingly less of that in the world now. And so there are all these people who have this like pent up need to like, you know, like, and this is not like a new phenomenon, right? Like in like 16th century Germany, they'd have these days where like, all the peasants Whoa, would hey, get together. Watch out. I'm not like all, yeah, like, yeah, all that, the peasants would get we together. Know, like, we, we know where 16th century Germany led. Yeah, 17th century Germany in the Thirty Years' War. Um, but like <laughs> the, the peasants would like get together and like a guy would dress up as the Pope and they'd all throw literal shit at him. Like right, like yeah. they would have these like moments where you could violate the rules, and like get your wiggles out or whatever. And, and sorry, Fortnite's not going to cut it. Yeah, exactly, and it's not. And so then there are these moments where like enough people get together their critical mass ensues and because no one has experience dealing with sort of communal like mass like spasmodic ritual stuff they just like destroy a bunch of cars and fuck everyone's shit up i would also say yes i agree to that i will say in their in in sort of gamers defense don't sports people do this like every year at some event like i feel like for some reason we've socially just accepted like school shootings or i don't know like uh firefighters these are social things we accept they exist in society but like when it ha- when it happens for a game event it's it's the end of culture um yeah it's well i think i think there's like a bright line that does happen where like there are certain of those sports things that have happened that have gotten like negative attention right like when like Vancouver set itself on fire that one time. Yeah, but it still happens every year and there are people who just like take it for what it is and they're just like, this town's going to go crazy, win or lose. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I that, think that, that shit always happens. Yeah, but I think those actually tend to be closer to that like sanctioned rowdiness thing, except like, obviously they get out of hand sometimes and like see people set a car on fire and shit. But like there are a lot more uh preparations or conceptions about what's going to happen and sort of implicit social rules like even I feel like this was as bad as like a mild super bowl loss yeah i mean i think a lot more like a lot more property got destroyed in this which like, who gives a shit but uh, um okay and, and you're the pro property perspective on the show so i'll let you yeah i there. love i love property um, as one of the, as one of the brothers i'm an anti-property brother yeah i'm anti-property brother <laughs> what is what's anti-property uh, uh communal ownership baby let's go yeah, that's that's lame it's got there's got to be a third way folks <laughs> yeah what uh, so there's yes property and no pro- i guess like there's maybe property like no one's a world yeah. where no one's sure who anything it's, it's, it's a world of, that lacks object permanence <laughs> yeah everyone's just babies and keys um but yeah, that shit was wild. People, people going crazy. Uh, oh, damn. But you, did you see Eric Adams statement? Oh, Jesus Christ. No, I didn't. Uh, he said, when I saw what was playing out in Union Square today, I texted my son and asked him if he was there. He said no. I told him to stay out of the area. Um, his son is like 28 years old. So if his son is uh, watching Kai Sinet streams, he's got much bigger problems. I mean, that makes so much sense that Eric Adams' <laughs> son would be watching those streams. He's like, Eric Adams is like, or he's like, oh, Kai Sinet. I, I definitely know who Kai is because my 
27, 28 year old son watches him every single day. Um, the other thing I'll say too is like, I think especially, you know, people always, you know, wanted to be like the celebrities they saw on TV. And now with, you know, uh, Twitch streams and other more parasocial internet relationships, people can like mold their own personalities off people they like more and more. When the personalities that succeed on the internet are ones that are essentially almost like non-human in how they interact with the world, like Kai, who's constantly screaming, who's never listening to anyone else, who's just sort of an insane all over the place person that's just like moment to moment feels like you have in somehow you have somehow like absorbed ADD from him. Like I people like mimic and like like replicate that energy and when you see them replicating that energy in the real world it turns into something like this um it's not like like if the streamer was like a a chill ass guy i'm i'm not sure if it would have been the same level because not everyone there is like pretending to be him i don't know did you get my kind of take on that at all yeah i mean the the parasociality of it is, is very weird and like i think it it shares a space with this like question of like rule breaking expression thing of like there's a set of adapted behaviors that you can take away from streamers and performers that people have decided is like basically okay even though they're fucking psychotic um and like that's like the rules right like the the wider the rule perimeter gets the higher the stakes are to violating the rules do you know them you know what i mean like you're allowed to, to behave in all these crazy ways just don't do these other ones but like some of those other ones are like actually fairly healthy or at least like are not uh car burningly crazy um and i think that you're right that there is this like adapting of like streamery behavior into real life that makes people make choices that make no sense because these behaviors are so not and and it's like so and naturally it's just, social and the behaviors are weird because yeah because like the ones that are get, like especially for young kids and especially just like to be the type of streamer that can get 150,000 people are concurrently watching you like every day. It's like got to be these like insane cracked, like feel like they're literally like on crack running around the room type shit. It has to be that propulsive um, to gain that much audience. So yeah, and anyways, you take that out of the world. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. You know, we had we had a really positive uh thing happened with with bill jana we found a new star and then you know we found some darkness and where the stars can take you that's what the stars live in the dark you know i feel like after the break we should actually talk games yeah i agree let's take a break and then come back to talk games um all right let's talk games and there's really only uh well i don't know are there other games to talk about other than the big one i mean the joker voice really it's hard to, it's the elf in the room it's uh, we, in the room. We've been playing Baldur's Gate 3. It's a big release, and we streamed it Friday night at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And we may plan to continue doing that as a co-op campaign that y'all can t- tune into. And uh I had a I had a great time last night. I don't I don't know about you. I had a lot of fun. That game's really good. Um and it's fun to play with a friend, and it's fun to make little characters who have little sort of internal lives and yeah, little mean, adventures. I mean, like it, it had, it, 
it did a really good job of being a lot smoother than Baldur's Gates one and two, or even Siege of Dragonspear. Mm-hmm. Um, while still really capturing the D and D vibe, like there were a couple of moments last night where we were like, oh, oh, and then it was like using special moves and making plans and coordinating, getting lucky. Yeah, we um, we had two big fuck ups that were like where we got into giant fights that we did not expect. And I was like, let's 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 reload. And you're like, no, we can do this. And we did it by the. Yeah. But the, the scrub of our chinny chin chins. Yeah. And it was it was super fun. And um, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be complicated or. Here's what I'll say. It's 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 denser than a lot of people are ready for in terms of some of the rules and things you need to look at. But the tutorial system does a really good job. And and I find that they overall, if you're interested in playing something more dense, don't be intimidated because I think the tutorial system is actually pretty well done. And you just have to think, you just have to think smaller with numbers. I think so many games now we have thousands of hit points and you don't even really pay attention to any of that stuff. This is kind of be like a classic Dungeons and Dragons game where you may have eight hit points. You may have 12. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's good and dramatic in that way where like things are on a razor's edge a lot of the time. And then also like, it does a thing that D and D does also, which is good as much as I complain about D and D the game. Cause I, it, it is a game about with which I have problems, but like one thing that they do that's really good is that there are, there's a scaling of class complicatedness. Like you can play a pretty straightforward fighter and not have to worry about too much complicated stuff. Um, fight to fight or, or moment to moment, but you can also play like a bard or a monk or a wizard and have a much more sort of like granular experience um, and kind of everything in I between. Agree. And that's very I, cool as far as access yeah, goes. I agree. Like there, there's definitely like a, a way that you can play your character dumbly and like efficiently as enough, but then there's ways to be like hyper efficient and be rewarded for like pulling off something cool. It is. So it's got a good balance there. Um, I think the biggest thing that people are excited about with it and and that is obviously a huge accomplishment is just the amount of variations in gameplay. I think like one of the things in Dungeons and Dragons as as sort of a genre is that the freedom of, of narrative that you can really kill anyone or kick anyone out of your group or choose kind of any path or any route. And I, I, I've been playing solo and then I played also with you Lux and our, a lot of different stuff happened in terms of like different outcomes and things that we, we looked at that I hadn't seen before. Um, and I was yeah. really, really impressed and amazed with that. But here's what I'll say. And I haven't heard this from anyone else about the game yet, but I think it's something that might start to be talked about more is that while the amount of variations in each sort of moment to moment are really, really impressive, the actual a plot has almost no kind of like variation in terms of like how you're railroaded on the map. That's very, um, I mean, frankly, that's very D and D module E. Mm, okay. It will be like, 
there's a bunch of like side quests and side events that you can deal with kind of however, but there is a main quest that does kind of have to truck along. But it's also in just how the geography is built into the, it into is the pretty game fun in the world map, like the whole, the geography of the game, while it does have crooks and crannies, it's funneling you like through this area in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, I really could just go a different direction. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not purely open world for sure. And, like, and, and, and that's okay. I don't I don't like need that, but I was surprised because I do think that while the variations and all the different outcomes are going to be interesting in each spot, I do think it does hurt some of the replayability when you're funneled and you're like, here comes the next part and then the next part when you're like, isn't this supposed to be a playthrough where I could do this in any order or go about this any different way? And so far, I feel a little funneled. Yeah, I think I wonder if when you get to sort of more um sort of live settings like places like yeah, you know I'm Balder, like the city of Baldur's in, Gate or whatever. In. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably there's there, probably it opens up a little bit more, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's gonna need you to be on tracks a little bit, but I think it probably mm-hmm. will open up a little bit. Like I mean, I don't know. I'm playing solo and my solo run has felt very different than our, our group run. I mean, I'm playing a different kind of character. I'm playing a, a monk, a, a halfling monk who I tried to make look like the Kung Fu Panda. Um and uh his name's Sprinkles. And um it's why like is it, why isn't he named uh Woe or whatever his name is? Poe. <laughs> po. Um I don't know. I just wanted to mess with it a little because it's because I couldn't get enough I couldn't get a quite panda e enough that it, to fully live it. For context, but, in our co-op, I am playing KFC Junior, heir to the KFC Kentucky family, and uh, I'm playing political the Joker. dynasty. And Joker and Lux is playing the Joker. I was going to say well, Joker is playing the Joker. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing the jongler, legally distinct entity. Right. Yeah. Um. But uh, it's it's felt very different because like. I forgot the path we went on the first time when we were playing together. And so I wandered off and ended up getting into a couple of extra little scuffles and finding the party members in a different order. Um, And also uh, I went to go find, talk to that dying mind flayer and I died because I couldn't break free of its mind control and it killed me. (laughs) Um, And like, that's what I like, right? Like we've talked about this before that like, there that there should be ways that like you can just fall into traps in games like you should you should be encouraged to explore but exploring should always reward you like we've talked before about my favorite part of disco elysium or one of my favorite parts of disco elysium being in the opening when i put on my tie and i tied it too tight and i died because i didn't have any hp classic moment um and like that's cool to me and i think that it's fun that there's like you can accidentally get mind flayed by a guy or run into um like these little traps and problems and that right i mean i think it, it keeps you aware it keeps you more focused i think which is like more fun than just kind of like zoning out and like running through endless like hills and stuff like that it's like oh every hill there could accidentally be a big ogre on the other side that like i would run straight into and that wouldn't be good so like let's think about where we're going next and let's observe stuff and and i think that makes like the whole world feel more alive yeah, and I think um, there's what's a good way to put it. Like, so there's this like 
dungeon design, like Gary Gygax, the guy who made D and D or one of the guys who made D and D, um, uh, has this dungeon design philosophy where like everything should feel dirt. Like it's more, it's more important that the dungeon or the space feels tied to the purpose of the thing in the world than it does as like a gameplay space. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm curious to see if they do stick with like the Gygaxian design principles of like earlier Baldur's Gate games. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of Baldur's Gate games, you'd have like a bunch of goblins running around in a cave. And then there'd also be like the hole where they dump all their stuff. And there'd be like a monster in that hole that eats garbage. And like, it would account for like, where's all the waste go, whatever. And like the first dungeon, at least, or the first like little tomb you go to kind of has some of that going on where there's like a big table with food on it, which is like clearly where the thieves who were in there were camping out. And like it, it's a tomb and it's full of like weird dead guys, but like they all have a reason for being there. Um, and so I'm I'm hoping that it will kind of have that because one thing about Gygaxian design that I like a lot is this idea that like oh yeah this is like a, a, a an orc cave where orcs live and there's orcs in there but also like those orcs leave meat lying around so there's these like giant lizards that eat their leftover meat and like those are fucking hard to kill and will be a big problem for you um, and that you have to like keep in mind like the actual text of the world. Um, and so far it is kind of doing that, which is exciting and which is a little bit different from divinity, original sin or original sin too. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of great stuff there. A lot of fun details all over the game. Um, I was also really struck. I mean, a, well, just how well this game is doing for a game that has such a dense amount of systems within it. They seem to have distilled it into something that enough people really want to play and buy. Cause I think it's broken another steam record for being one of the highest concurrent played steam games of all time. Um, it's sold a ton of copies and it's like been the top, like one of the top stream categories on Twitch um, every single day. So yeah, it's just huge. It feels like a game that a lot of people, it feels like a game where it's like, oh, people are like looking for another experience to have with friends that isn't, that is fun, like Dungeons and Dragons and not as competitive. Um, yeah. I think and part, not of skill -based. That, part of it is that, part of it is that friend social element. And also I think part of it, and I've been thinking about this a little bit, is that like there's a greater investment in more people who play video games in games is like an art form with a history than there was when we were younger, obviously, because that was sort of the beginning of that history coming into being. Um, and I think there's a greater number of people who didn't play Baldur's Gate one and two, but understand that Baldur's Gate one and two were an important part of gaming history. The same thing that happened like kind of with Fallout three. Um where a lot of people didn't play Fallout 1 and 2, but were like, oh shit, these are games that matter that people know about, so I should play this new one that's like more more generationally accessible. And I think that's also happening with Baldur's Gate 3, where people are like, oh, I know these games from the 90s were games like my uncle loved and were important or whatever, and now I want to try and get into it with this more accessible iteration. Um, and that's cool. That's like an exciting thing to like see people running into. Yeah, so it's it's doing really well on that level. A lot of Twitch streams playing it. And I've been struck at the integrations and how good they are with Twitch. And that really reminded me. And was, that felt like another moment of like, oh, this might be the future of where a lot of these uh, games go in terms of designing the game to be uh, watched with with like stream audiences and stuff. Because like you can you can like not only vote on 
dialogue options and choices for the characters to make um, live with the integration. But while the characters are playing, you can like look through their bags and see like what's in everyone's inventories, look at their stats. You can basically like comb through the data of each character if you want, just while you're watching them play. And that level of like being able to kind of sift through like the information is, is I never seen that before. They have that a little bit in the divinity games, but they make it a lot easier and more accessible and more sort of natural in the, in this game. Nice. Um, Larian is really good at sort of designing turn-based RPGs for co-op, which is a cool thing. Um, And something not a lot of people do, but they, they're really good. I mean, they, they're, They've, they're two for two so far, and it looks like they're going to be three for three with this new one. What's well, the thing I wanted to bring up is everybody's crying about like being like, you can't hold this quality and standard of this game to other AAA games, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is a unique game, and you don't expect games to be good like this. And it's like, okay, why? Because like the story and the voice acting isn't fucking cringe and is actually good. Like, what? I can't expect that. I, I can't expect like fun game systems or like good graphics like what part of this game is so unfathomable uh that they that we can't expect more things like this i just don't understand it i mean i think it's because the outcomes maybe like the massive amount of outcomes like okay i'm fine without that like that's like only one of the 10 reasons i think this game is good in this i think it's sort of actually kind of of a piece with the history thing that i was talking about before where it's like People have become like people get so defensive of brands that they like and like want to defend the brand against criticism. And so like the fact that there that there is this game that like is successfully capturing so much of what people like about games and that people like it. And we know that there's going to be other games that come out that purport to be great and then suck like a cyber like cyberpunk 2078 or whatever. Um. I think people are just preemptively defensive because they don't want to uh, people to point to this game and be like, look, this is like this is what happens when you like let games take time to develop and don't rush them out and you get a real team that like has time to work on it and like does a good job. Yeah, I just don't get it. I don't I don't think it's I don't I don't I don't think yeah. I think yeah, rooting plenty. for and defending brands is dweeb shit, but people love to do it. Oh, they're like they're like defending the industry and like the designers and stuff. I don't know, it's bullshit. Like this well, game, I mean, the, it's defending game the industry, all- right? Like it's not the designers. I think everyone agrees that the designers could do a good job at games, but like the circumstances in which they're forced to work are bad. But people want to like not make the concession that like maybe if we like gave them more time and more work, then or more time and more better settings to work in, they would probably be able to produce more games like this, even if there are fewer overall AAA games. Yeah, well, hopefully um, the sales of this game encourage more games to be made like this because there's a lot of things going right here, and I'm very excited to continue our adventure, our campaign. wonder how long that will take, but we'll probably be back on Friday at 5 o'clock, Eastern, we'll we're in the test Discord to see, if it changes, but we're going to test to see how loading multiplayer works. Yeah, and you played it on your Steam Deck. It's Steam Deck certified, so that's also just really impressive. Yeah, uh, it's sick that it came out with uh, it. They were they they put out a post that was like, "We're really aiming to get total Steam Deck certification," 
or verification by release, which they didn't do. But the only things that aren't checked are like text size and stuff, which is totally whatever. Well, I saw a tweet yesterday saying they finally got it. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen that, but I believe it. I mean, it works totally fine. The only problem was like the text was a little hard to read if, but like, that's not the, I can just like look hard at it. And can you like put it into, can you like connect it to a monitor? Yeah. Interesting. I could, I was thinking about buying a steam dock and then docking it to my TV and then playing with the controller. Right. Yeah. Cause that'd be cool. That would be cool. Um, but yeah, so many things going right here at this game. It deserves all the success. I'm excited to keep playing it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I, have been playing remnant two, which is very good, but, uh, I don't, I don't want to spend too much more time talking today. Yeah. Um, where are we at? How many minutes are we're we at? We're at 52. I think we can say, uh, this you, is a, <laughs> you do quick updates. What are you playing? Baldur's Gate three, man. I had to tear through Just the end that. of trails to reverie yeah. and it was sweet. Like nice. It was very much uh an epilogue game where it was like, remember all forty characters you love from this series? Play as any of them, and it's gonna be about those guys. <laughs> um and so it was that, and it was a fucking blast. It was really fun to play, but it was uh it it was uh it's the kind of game that literally no one should play if you haven't played the first nine games in the series. Right, right. It is not an entry point by any means. <laughs> It'd be funny if someone just got that for Christmas. Yeah, like, okay. so, like someone, someone's like, "Hey, son, I know you loved anime, <laughs> so I saw this game with all these anime guys on the cover, so I thought you might like it." And they're like, "What the fuck is happening?" So before we leave, I just want to say I've been playing Remnant Two, which is like a Souls-like shooter from this like smaller studio. Yeah, I like Remnant One. It's this game is really good. Uh, it's. It definitely feels like it's been made by a smaller team and that like they've kind of copy pasted a lot of souls elements, but they all work and they're all fun. And so it doesn't really matter. Plus the bosses and the enemies are all really inventive. And there's also these like fun, intriguing puzzles in the game. Uh, It's also a game that you can play co-op with friends if you want. Um, Every single boss has had these like really challenging uh, kind of like very perfect timing mechanics but they were all like very unique and fun and creative and yeah it was just kind of like constantly felt like i was going to get bored with this game and then was constantly surprised at like how they kept on like keeping it interesting how they kept on showing new zones and new enemies and yeah there's just so much there i think it's only like 50 bucks on steam um this is a great purchase this is a great great souls like uh shooter and uh, i'm just excited to keep playing more of it yeah, I mean, I really liked the first one. I haven't played the new one yet, but the first one's a lot of fun as like a Souls like looter shooter. I just like the only thing that sucks is like it does not have anything of a close to like a Souls quality story or world. Um, like the the narrative is the one big lacking point in the game that I think really brings a lot of other stuff slightly down and just because it's kind of just vague and shitty like most generic AAA game stories um but the gameplay is super fun the exploration is super fun and there's just so much going right in the game so yeah very surprised very impressed definitely a game i plan on completing uh and definitely a game that i recommend hell yeah well next week we'll update um 
on Baldur's Gate and on this stuff. But for this week, that's it for us. We will talk to you guys soon. Bye.